Well, wouldn't you know it? Another year has come and gone on the ESPN College Football YouTube channel, the Matt Berry Show. First one of 2024. We didn't get to do a pre-college football playoff preview show. One, I had to eat a bunch of mayo. Got caught with some congratulations, some viral illness that was going around. Studio work. Paul's traveling to the Rose Bowl, hanging out with celebrities. He's on a float in the Rose Parade. But I feel like now is the perfect opportunity. Dust is settled. College football playoff semifinals were over. We retreated to two games that went down to the final play. And here's how we're going to attack this today on the Matt Berry Show. We're going to attack the Rose Bowl angle with the great Paul Feinbaum, as we do each and every week with the recap. And then Sam Acho, who is in attendance at the Sugar Bowl, will recap that from the Texas-Washington perspective. But Paul, you were there in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl in overtime that saw Michigan win 27 to 20. I guess first big picture, happy new year. What did you make of what we saw? Yeah, thank you. Um, I was struck by how jittery both teams were at the, at the onset and how many opportunities Michigan blew in the first half, Matt, to literally put the game away. I mean, they were, they were playing so much better. Uh, the fact that Alabama got the lead uh, is still somewhat stunning and could have put the game away. And then in the fourth quarter, it reminded me a little bit of uh, two years ago in Indianapolis when Alabama had, had the game in hand and not really in hand, but they, they were in a good spot. And then they just got run over. Nothing Alabama did in the fourth quarter was good. And then even then, Michigan tried to give the game back. Uh, it was, uh, it was a, be a bewildering game. Um, and it answered a couple of questions for me uh, that Michigan is legitimate. Uh, it was hard to believe that going in because of what we had seen from the Big Ten. But but I came away very impressed. And I think anybody who isn't uh, clearly uh, was not watching the game. Yeah, Paul, you're, you're a Michigan fan favorite, as everyone knows. And coming out of this one, and I'm glad you, you said that about Michigan because I, I, I'm going to sit here right now and tell you that I was dead wrong about Michigan outside of the Big Ten. Because my thought with Michigan is, and I've said it on here, go go find the clips, that Michigan was a dominant football team. They've, they've proven it from game one till game end. My question with Michigan, was a two-game sample against Penn State, Ohio State, enough to warrant a big picture dominance outside of the Big Ten? And it was clear, Paul, for four quarters yesterday, if not for the missed field goal, if not for the missed extra point, and a couple of blunders, Michigan from outside of the what we thought was going to be a J.J. McCarthy interception on the first play of the game, Michigan was the dominant team, the better team from kick to finish. And I was dead wrong about them not having the personnel to be able to compete big picture outside of the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, there, by the way, there's no reason why you wouldn't think that. Uh, and it got worse as the, as the, as the bowl season went on uh, after – after Friday night and Saturday with Missouri and Ohio State and, and Penn State and, and Ole Miss. I mean, th those were those were Michigan's two biggest wins. Right. And other than that, Maryland, which I'm not even going to count the Maryland-Auburn game, is, is something that we re really should waste time with. So it, it, it's understandable. Uh, I, th I think the Harbaugh thing uh, just sucks so much oxygen out of, uh, out of objectivity, really, including my own, about how good is this team. And, you know, we, we knew they were good, but, uh, you know, when had we seen it other than the Ohio State game in the last three years? Uh, and, and I say that because there weren't, there weren't too many other samples 
to to really bite bite down on the Georgia game. We know what happened two years ago. The TCU game never could right. uh, be erased. So that's that's where we were going into this game. Yeah, and look, it, it was they've been in the playoff three consecutive years. They've been unable to get past the semifinals the last two. You see them get paired against an Alabama team that won 11 in a row and just beat the number one team in the country who had won 29 straight in Georgia. And you're thinking, here we go again. This is a worst case scenario for Harbaugh and Michigan to get to the national championship game. But as, as it went on, and again, people will get fired up about this and that's the beauty of college football. But as it went on, I kept saying over and over again to myself, like, oh, not only Michigan's better. Michigan can hang in this thing. Michigan has the speed. Michigan can do this. And I know that sounds uh, like you're disrespecting a team, but I, again, I just didn't see anything out of the regular season other than that. And and as the game went on, I'm like, if they don't screw up, Paul, they're going to win. Well, I, I didn't like a couple of things about Michigan leading in where, where Harbaugh is suddenly going to change things. Uh, I've never really seen that. There's I've never seen that work. There's this old line, Matt, you've been to, you covered Augusta so many times that, I think it was the late Bobby Jones once talked about some some guy saying, "I you know I've come to come to come to the Masters to find my game." And and and, and Jones said, "You come to the Masters because you have a game. You, you don't yeah. you don't find it there." Right. And I felt like that was Harbaugh, uh, but he had to do something different. I, I'm still not really sure what he did <laughs> because his team looked about as out of sorts at the beginning of that game as you could possibly. Eat. But what this game was really about was Alabama. This uh, Nick Saban tried to make it about his team afterward. Well, we could have done that. Well, in the end, Matt, at the risk of sounding blasphemous, did did we overvalue Alabama? Did we because it's Nick Saban? Uh, I, I was, I mean, you know, you never think he's going to lose, uh, and most of the time he doesn't. And and but it always felt like this team was living on the edge because they were always on the edge this year. When Jace McClellan took it in, sorry, I've got the uh, video autoplay going on here, ESPN.com. What are we doing? When Jace McClellan, oh, my God, there we go. When Jace McClellan took it in to give Alabama the lead, and then Will Riker kicked the field goal, I think it was to make it 20 to 13. Mm -hmm. Everybody, I don't care, even Michigan fans, they're going to tell you different. There wasn't anyone watching who was there, who was at home. There isn't anyone that thought that Michigan was going to come back and win that. And that's where you talk about Alabama, Nick Saban, getting the benefit of the doubt because they've done it so many times. You think that they're done and they find a way to pull it out. And they were this close on that punt return from hell that went back to the goal line from doing it again. And I'm Paul, I'm with you look. Alabama, I think, earned the right for the benefit of the doubt by what they did against Georgia. But if you look at this body of work from Alabama, maybe you're right. Maybe history gave them the pass that this roster potentially shouldn't have. Yeah, and by the way, they beat Georgia. <laughs> and I, I don't know how they did it. Um, you know, you know whether there's something going on that Kirby Smart just – Gets out of out of sync, but but Matt, even in the Georgia game, there was a bad call, there was a fumble, two three plays. That's not it's a different game. You can say that about a lot of games, but when you're talking about a team as good as Georgia, uh, it, it it 
it, it, it does make you wonder. And Alabama always had the talent on that team, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't nearly as deep as, as in years past. And I, I think that caught up to them. What What did you make? Because, look, there have been times where he's looked brilliant, and there's been times where he's looked very pedestrian. And I thought yesterday was one of those days for Jalen Milrow that Michigan <clears throat> figured out, keep an eye on him, keep a spy on him, don't let him get those chunk yards. We're going to make him be a quarterback. We're going to make him throw because we believe we've got the corners to cover the receivers. And we believe we have the scheme to where Milrow's not going to be able to figure it out. And he couldn't all game. Yeah. I, I think he, he, he overperformed a little bit this year. Um, the hype machine just kind of goes in. Uh, but it was really the offensive line that started playing really well. Um Matt, the, the center situation with McLaughlin has been a problem all year. Yeah. It just metastasized yesterday to a point where, uh, I mean, it was driving Alabama fans and football fans in general crazy. Uh, but but ultimately, I, I think Nick Saban got a great deal out of this team. But it, yeah, what? And I, I think I think even he bought in. Uh, it was another thing too, which I, I thought was fascinating. The Michigan players just really resented the fact that that everybody was picking Alabama. I mean, but the, the one group of people that never bought into that were, were the betters. I mean, the line actually went up on the final day. I mean, we're not talking about a big line, but that was, that was, that was, that, that was really bizarre how uh, everybody I know, Oh, Alabama's going to win. It was a little bit like two years ago in Indianapolis. Yeah. You and I both knew Alabama was severely, severely deficient. Uh, they, they were, their two wide receivers were out. Uh, they, they had a lineman out. I mean, football people knew that they were in trouble that night. But, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sitting with you in the mezzanine on sports. Time. Yeah, uh, yeah, Alabama's going to win. I have no idea why I said that, but you, 90% of the time when you say that, you're going to be right. But that's the history piece, right? That's the history piece with Nick Saban who came in winning seven national championships. You've just seen him do it when their backs are against the wall. And in history, a lot of times leads to a current opinion. And I think that's where we were with this Alabama team. And I understand what I'm about to ask you is going to either melt the internet or be absolutely nothing. Based on what we saw yesterday, I know Alabama beat Georgia, but should they have been the fourth team over Georgia or say Florida State, based on everything we now know coming off the field yesterday? The answer is yes and yes. Um, They beat Georgia in the biggest game of the year in the the SEC. Uh, I I think that means something. Uh, You know, we we, we negate the Texas loss on September 9th because that Alabama team uh, in in, in Atlanta was not the same team. I mean, they were a really good team, and they weren't that night in Tuscaloosa. Matt, Florida State shouldn't have been in. And I I am not going to point toward the humiliating performance in the Orange Bowl as the explanation, but I was really glad to see that. I was was sorry Georgia didn't win by more than 60 uh, because I've never seen a fan base get a freer ride uh, off of something that they they didn't earn, nor did they deserve. Uh, and they did it to themselves. I mean, since since we 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 talked on Selection Sunday, 
Georgia, Georgia had more opt-outs than I've ever seen for a major bowl game. I mean, we're talking about the Orange Bowl. This isn't, yeah. uh, you know, this isn't the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Um, on top of that, shouldn't have anything to do with it, but I'll mention it because it's fact. They ended up suing their own league. I mean, this is who they are down in Tallahassee. They are, they are, they are becoming perceptively a renegade program. And I, I'll never know whether that affected the committee. Uh, everybody says it didn't, but they didn't, they didn't help themselves. Uh, and they, they completely burned the whole season down in the month of December and, and obviously uh, in that game. Uh, and they, they had it coming. So devil's advocate with, with what we saw yesterday, because, you know, social media tends to be right. They were pointed at Jalen Milrow's numbers as a quarterback and saying, okay, well, our quarterback could have gone 16 of 23 for 116 yards. Tate Rodemaker could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we've got a defense that's loaded that could have, I, I mean, it, I, I think what we saw yesterday was the open door Florida state fans needed to, to again, say, see, see, we like, we could have done the same thing with our quarterback. Well, my, my message to Florida state fans is nobody cares about you. You're not that you're not important. You're, you're not, you're not a respected program. You had a really good season and you got a lot of sympathy and congratulations. Uh, but every, everything about your program, uh, is wrong right now. And I felt for Mike Norvell, a coach I genuinely respect and like, uh, have nothing against the players. It's the administration down there uh, that has done this to them. And it, it, it's, it's a closed story. Yeah, the internet can melt down. Uh, we can talk about it. But this, we, we will not remember Florida State well uh, this year because of the, their final act. So, so that's a good segue in, into the next two questions. One, how will this Georgia team be remembered? Back-to-back national champions, 29-game winning streak, going into a bowl game. You know they were disappointed about being left out of the college football playoff. There'll be a lot of questions about, you know, were they one of the top four teams in the country? Of course they were. We knew that on Selection Sunday. But, Matt, it, it's a beauty contest. It's it's deserving its best. It's a combination. It's it's whatever fits the model that there that this committee is coming up with that day. And 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 I think Georgia fans feel a lot better about themselves uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, they were dominant in a bowl game, and the team that kept them out is gone. Uh, and I think that would have hurt more uh, because we all we all know, in spite of what the SEC chant says. Georgia's not pulling for Alabama, and Alabama's not pulling for Georgia. Is it a – we use this word a lot in media, and, you know, I'll, I'll use it a million times on SportsCenter and, and at the national championship. We talk about culture, program culture. Did it speak to something about the Georgia culture that they still showed up at that game and, and played at a championship level? What Kirby Smart – I mean, they could have wallowed, and, you know, guys opted out, guys transferred – but, I mean, they could have gone in and tanked, and they didn't. Well, uh, it, it's true. And, and in recent years, uh, he had problems early on. But in recent years, I'm talking about the Michigan Citrus Bowl game yeah. uh, after 19, the Kansas State Sugar Bowl last year. Nick Saban realized mistakes early on. He lost to Utah in the Sugar Bowl. He lost to Oklahoma after disappointing years where they were derailed in the final game. Uh, he, 
Kirby learned Kirby learned from that. He he knows it's important to end the season well because recruiting is going on, the portal's going on. Mm. And I heard that all day yesterday from SEC fans. Wow, Kirby Smart uh, knows what he's doing. And uh he he's in a great spot. I mean, it was it was stinging. I think it I, I think I think some Georgia people probably felt pretty badly yesterday knowing we could have we could have been in there and probably beaten Michigan. Maybe they yeah. couldn't, but, but they would have uh I, I mean, the one thing that we 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 forget, I'm not trying to state the obvious here, but that game went to overtime. Uh for all the Michigan fans who were uh hissing me uh at eleven o'clock at LAX uh on New Year's night, uh you get, I mean, I had a guy say, hey, uh, what happened to your SEC? I'm like going, I don't know. Uh, Tennessee destroyed uh, its <laughs> opponent. Uh, LSU beat Wisconsin, Ole Miss. But uh, I just said, hey, congratulations. Now get right. out of my way because yeah. I've got yeah. a flight to catch and I don't want to see your, I don't want to see you, you guys ever again. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, and finally, because it's the remembered time of the, the, the season, how will this Alabama team be remembered? I, th- I think it's going to be a little bit of a tougher sell to what Nick Saban said yesterday about, you know, the most special team, et cetera. They, 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 they lost the biggest game of the year. I mean, and they had a bunch of big games that could have been the biggest game of the year had they lost. Uh, I, I think that they'll, they'll be respected and, 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 and embraced on one level in inside the beltway, but Matt outside it, that game, that game hurt them badly, uh, primarily because uh, it's now been three football. Se- it's been four seasons since Alabama won a national championship. I know that sounds crazy, yeah. but Nixon has never gone three years without winning a national championship at Alabama. And if you if you're an Alabama fan, and you want to call the call Feinbaum today or tweet at Matt Berry and say, "Hey, man, you guys are wrong. The dynasty's still alive and well." Well, please give me your definition of a dynasty. Yeah, because the last non-COVID championship was 2017. Yeah. So you're going back to even Long way. And since then, you lost by 28 to Clemson in the national championship game. You lost to Georgia in the national championship game. You lost again in the semifinals. Uh, Saban had that run where none of that happened. And and while I have you, because I know you got to get ready for your show, you know who's positioned for the 12-team playoff in the SEC? There's two of them. There's Missouri and there's Ole Miss. Of two teams that I think we need to keep an eye on from January 9th, the day the season ends, up until Labor Day weekend. You're 100% correct. Um, especially Ole Miss. I mean, I don't know what's going on in Oxford, but but Lane Kiffin is, is absolutely killing it from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, he for, for all of the feud that he had with Jimbo Fisher, he he's won that one 10 times over now. He he beat Jimbo and, and Jimbo gets fired. And now he's pretty much got half the class that Jimbo, or it's not really, but it seems like half the class that Jimbo recruited a couple of years ago that caused so much controversy. Yeah, look, end of the day, things are going to be just fine in Oxford. They've got a collective to prove it. But as we wrap up here, what a season it's been. We'll talk post-national championship to get a big picture thought on the college football season as a whole. But end of the day, Paul, I said that it's going to be weird not having you and your SEC crew in a national championship game to, to banter with there in the workroom. Yeah, it, we, we, we bookended the college football playoff era. Uh, 2014, uh, Alabama lost uh, to Ohio State, and we weren't there. And 
and now in the final year. Uh, we'll be there next year at the playoff. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things, Matt, that you, you love going to the game. But at this point in the season, please tell me how the, the weather is in Houston. I will. Pretty selfless move for you guys to save some money in the budget. Really, really nice of you. Grand scheme of things. Paul, great stuff as always. Glad you made it back safe. Here's how big of a warrior is. Paul took a red eye to get back to take your calls on the Paul Feinbaum show today, SEC Network. Paul, great stuff as always. Thank you for joining us here on the Matt Berry Show. Enjoy it, Matt.